Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17 says this, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty warrior. Man, that's good to know just right there. Amen? He is a mighty warrior. Let me say that again. I know for the men, that usually connects with the men more. You know what I mean? Like we're like, yes, he, the Lord is a mighty warrior. So, you know, you got to remember too, you know, you, we, we, we can't just pick out one attribute of God. Right? Because the Bible says that Jesus, and he is, the Lord is the same yesterday and today and forever. You can't dissect the God of the old Bible, and the, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. He is all one, right? We believe God is one manifested in three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I love when you hear he is a loving father, a tender father, and his compassion and all that. But he's also a mighty warrior. Amen? So that's part of who he is. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, look in the same verse, we see he's a mighty warrior, but it talks about with his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are everything from a mighty warrior to a loving, tender father, that you're slow to anger and quick to love, but you're also just and righteous. You are all these things. There are many wonderful, beautiful attributes of you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word tonight, this time together. Holy Spirit, help me as I, uh, as I speak that I would clearly speak your word. Thank you that your word does not go out void. Lord God, does, the word, does not return to you void, but it goes out and accomplishes exactly what you've set it forth to do. Lord, accomplish your will tonight, I pray, Lord God, through me and those that are hearing, those that are at home, Lord God, right now and in this building, I pray that you would help us, Lord God, that we would just rest and experience your love and it would calm every fear that anyone may be feeling. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you remember Sunday, Sunday morning before I even left my house, when I was in my own personal prayer time before I left my house Sunday, I felt pressed to pray against fear. And as I came here, if you were here Sunday, if you watched online, I prayed against and really did some warfare against fear. And I just, I prayed against it on, on Sunday because I just felt it that morning. And again, I love like Felicia, uh, I love how the spirit um, even as she had that word and it had to do with disillusion and worry and fear as she began to pray. You know, and this may not have to, I, I know this probably didn't have to do with everybody. A lot of you, especially that are here, and I'm not picking on you that, that online. It may be more people, could be some people in here, do you watching online. But I just felt led that I needed to teach about it today or tonight. So um, I want to talk tonight about how to be free from fear. How to be free from fear. Because I do, I really do sense that there are still people that are dealing in this day and age right now, especially with numbers going up and other craziness in the world that are dealing with, and it may not be a constant overwhelming, it may be, but it may just be a constant battle in and out with fear. And I want you to be free from fear, amen? I don't want you to even have to to to, to, to paddle around with it or, or, or um, I don't know the word I was looking for there, but um, I want you to be free from fear. Was that you laughing at me, Miss Clovia? I was kind of loud. See how Miss Clovia picks on me? You're lucky I love you, Miss Clovia. I'm going to just say that. So, No, it's all right. You can laugh at me. I laugh at myself all the time. How to be free from fear. Well, I just read one thing that the Lord, it's just so comforting. We're going to look at that a little more. First John 4.18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You know, a couple of weeks ago, last month, we picked up an offering for uh, Fabian Gretsch, the missionary to northern Iraq, Freedom to the Captives. And a few years ago, you remember, as I told you, you might have known if you've been here any amount of time, he comes every two years, was supposed to be with us last month. But because of COVID, they've been, the, the airports were still closed last time we talked in Iraq. But one of the years he was here and he preached, 
he made this statement. He said, if you are overwhelmed with love, you shouldn't be familiar with fear. Let me say that again. If you are overwhelmed with love, you shouldn't be familiar with fear. I was looking at some notes that I had. I preached a message about six years ago called, Are You Too Familiar With Fear? See, we, we shouldn't be, I mean, we, and I'm going to get into that. There's emotion, that emotion comes up, but I'm talking about really the spirit of fear. Amen? God has not given us a spirit of fear. Because there's some healthy fear, right? I mean, it's good to look both ways before you cross the road. And if a truck's coming to get out of the way, Right? So some of it is like, it's just, you know, God has put the flight or, the fight or flight, you know, um, uh, you know, the adrenaline and all that in us and common sense that, you know what, if, um, yeah, you know, if there's a big dog chasing after me, I, I'm, I'm gonna be a little fearful and run, correct? But I'm talking about a spirit of fear. See, the Bible talks about over a hundred times. It either says, don't be afraid, fear not, uh, don't fear. Over a hundred times in the Bible. I remember years ago and I heard it and I looked it up again today. Some people have said that uh, it's 365 times it says fear not and that's one feed today. That's actually not true. If you do a little bit of research, it's not that many times. But it is a lot. It's over a hundred times. And so, you know, times three could be for every day of the year. But it's still, this is the point. Whether it's over a hundred or if it was 365, if God said it once, it should be enough. Amen. Next Sunday, we're going to kick off a series called Nexus Now, and it's going to be a study of the book of Joshua. And right out the gate in the book of Joshua, so I'm going to be hitting on this again next Sunday, some of it at least. I mean, two or three times in the very first few verses of Joshua chapter 1, he said, be not afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, right? So even if God said it once, but over a hundred times, he says, fear not. So as born again, children of the most high God, why do we still deal with fear? Second Timothy 1, 2. I hadn't got there yet, but, but I, I, I prayed this scripture. Really, the scripture I prayed Sunday, I'm going to break down and teach on tonight. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, we must first realize again that fear is not just a human emotion, as I just covered. It is, but it's also a spirit. One commentator said this, The spirit of fear may find a place by reason of one's natural temperament, but it is not merely a human disposition. It is not from God. And it can immobilize and torment its victims, making them feel powerless and alone. Indecision or wrong decisions are then made that could give place to bondage and great human suffering. Now we're talking about the spirit of fear. Matter of fact, as I just read that, it says could make some feel powerless and alone. Listen, I'm try, I'm gonna try my best not to get on the soapbox tonight, but there's a new commercial out right now. I was at the gym the other day, and it was talking about everything going on, and the hashtag was alone together. Alone together. So, I mean, I get where they're going and they're trying to say, hey, you know, keep safe and all that kind of stuff. But listen, we were created to be in community. We're not created to be alone together. That doesn't even make sense. But anyway, I'm going to just leave that. I'm going I'm to I'm stop on there, right? And this is a great example. If you, if you break that down, listen, we know when people, I use this all the time, when people isolate themselves, that's when a lot of bad things happen. If you're dealing with fear, anxiety, worry, depression, being alone, and that, that's what happens with the spirit of fear tries to do. I have seen it in many people's lives, and actually just recently my wife and I experienced it firsthand. 
just recently, we got a call from somebody that was that was really dealing with with anxiety, with fear, and had never really dealt with it before, but really felt like it, they were under a spiritual attack. And it really was. It was part of it was the spirit of fear. And we prayed with them and and and, and talked with them. And, and after a while, they calmed down and whatnot. But it really is. So the good news is. If you're at home listening, I want everybody to pay attention because, again, this may just be for a handful of people in here. But, again, I felt like it was confirmed by Felicia as she prayed. What I've been sensing in all of this is that, again, we're talking about, you know, not not being familiar with it, not it being a regular thing, not it being able to, uh, you know, control your life. And it might not even be your life. It may not get as far as decision making. But if it's something that's constantly nagging at your mind and your emotions, then it's an issue. Amen. The good news is that uh, the next part of this verse that we just read gives us three ways to overcome fear. Number one, tap into the Lord's power. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Amen. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The power of God through the Holy Spirit enables you to no longer be a victim, but a victor. Through the power of God, no longer will you can, do you have to be a victim of fear, but a victor. No matter what happens in the world, no matter what the media puts out, no matter what your coworkers are telling you, no matter what the enemy is telling you, you can be a victor. Amen? Yeah, but you don't understand what's going on. I don't. But listen, the word of God doesn't change. Things change, circumstances change, life gets crazy, but the word of God is still true. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen. There was no clauses. There was no asterisks when God wrote the Bible in these scriptures. Amen. Uh, the Greek word for power is deutimus, which means miraculous power, might, and strength. A lot of you might know this is the root English word for dynamite. Uh, or dynamo, or dynamic. That's where we get, that's the root word where we get those words from. But it's miraculous power. Again, the Greek word, miraculous power, might, and strength. So just like, think of it this way. Just like in wartime, um, you know, we, my, my son and I were watching one of these, these, it was actually really a, a really good, a, a good show, kind of gruesome, but a true story about a, a guy in World War II. I was a Christian guy and how, man, it was just powerful. And they, but they were, they were fighting as this battle scene and, uh, the enemy was coming from underground. And so one of the things they had to do was, you know, get explosives, throw explosives underground to bomb out the enemy, to get the enemy out. Well, you know, the same thing is true with us as well. Right? We have an enemy. And the power of God is spiritual dynamite. Right? It's spiritual dynamite. And just as the military used dynamite to clear out holes, the root word here is dynamo, dynamite, dynamic. We use the power of God to eliminate fear. You have to use the dynamite power of God to eradicate every trace of fear from your life. The main way you do this is you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how... uh Bible-believing Christian lives a victorious life without being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 10, 19, the Bible says this, Behold, I have given you authority, listen to this, I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Listen, 
The, the, the enemy has power, but the Bible says, Jesus himself says, we have more authority and power over him. Amen? I remember years ago, uh, we had a pastor on staff here that was really uh, into, uh, was really focused on, had a powerful deliverance ministry, and he had went to a, um, uh, like a seminar on deliverance ministry, and somebody there, they were teaching on different demonic uh, uh, activity and powers and principalities and all that, and they said, oh yeah, man, but you know, that this level of demonic activity, you need an apostle to cast that out, and it was like, he even said it, and we came back and told us, I'm like, nah, because you know what? Luke 10, 19 says he's given us the power, authority over all the power of the enemy. It didn't say just apostles or just prophets or pastors that have been on staff uh, alone. No, every Bible-believing, spirit-filled uh, Christian has the power to overcome all the power of the enemy. So our context here is fear. And we have the power to overcome. You know, I love this story. I've told it many times. But Smith Wigglesworth, a lot of you are familiar with Smith Wigglesworth, a great man of God from many, many years ago. He understood the power and authority he had over Satan. They said one night as he had fallen asleep in his room, he woke up sensing an evil presence. And he said as he woke up, he sensed this dark, evil presence in his room. And he said, oh, Satan, it's only you. And he blew out the candle and rolled back over and went to sleep. Because he knew he had the authority and the power, it didn't even, it, it didn't even bother him. You know, he knew that the, the, the power he had in him. And if we understand that, again, the power and the authority we have, right? Pastor Titus told this story. You liken it to your children, right? If your children walk into your, I mean, most, you know, into your, your, your kitchen, uh, most of them could just go in there and grab a glass of milk, right? Or, or orange juice or whatever. Why? Because they, they're our children. They live in our house. They can come. They have the right, so to speak, or the authority to do that. Now, if a stranger just walks off of the street and just comes, I mean, you may want to bless them, but you're probably not going to let them just open up your door and, right, and grab some food out of the refrigerator, right? You know, because they know who they are. They know they're our children and they can do that. My children, I say this, and, and it happens almost every service, at the end of every service. My girls come up to me and, and come give me a hug almost every time. I may be talking to somebody and they come and I'm like, oh, just excuse me. And they're not being rude. They're not trying to interrupt. They just want a quick hug and they leave. You know what? They know they can do that because I'm their dad, right? They hadn't seen me all day like today. They hadn't seen me. And they know that they can just walk up to me and give me a quick hug. Now, they ain't just walk up and talk. So I'm not saying they could be rude or interrupt, but they just want to come give me a quick hug and a hundred percent of the time, everybody, I'm like, excuse me. I give them a hug. They're always like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. You know, like your little girls and whatnot. But why? Because I'm their dad and they know in a sense they have the right or the authority to come up to me and give me some love anytime that they want. Right. We got to understand the authority as children of the most high God that we have over the enemy, especially over fear. Let's read what Jesus said in the last part of, of, of verse 10. Again, Luke 10, 10, 19, and nothing shall in any way harm you. Someone once said this, I am indestructible until the Lord says otherwise. I like that. I am indestructible until the Lord says otherwise. That's what Jesus said. Nothing shall harm you. Amen. So we got to realize we have to tap into the power of God. It's being filled with the spirit. It's being, it, it's, 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 Getting in the presence of God, we are always encouraging you about the presence of God, being in the presence of God. But it's really understanding, not just knowing what your mind, but getting inside of you that you have the authority. When you know I have the authority over all the powers of the enemy, no born-again believer should ever be scared of any kind of demonic force. Okay, one, see, only one person really got that. 
And I'm telling you out there, no born-again believer should be scared of, of, of the enemy or any demonic force. Now, I get it. I, we've experienced some crazy things in ministry, people that had some, some demonic activity. It ain't fun. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm not saying I'm where Smith Wigglesworth was at and would have rolled over and just blew out the candle. I'd have got up praying in tongues and rebuking the devil. You know what I'm saying? And making sure everything was cool before I rolled back over, right? But we shouldn't be scared. Amen? All right, I think I did need to, to preach this tonight. We need to understand. You at home, you need to understand. Once you understand the authority you have and the authority that you walk in, again, let me liken it to military. You know, in the military... They have orders, and when they are given orders and know the authority they have to carry out a mission, they do it, right? If they don't have authority to do it, it can be considered a crime. But they can do a lot of damage if they have the authority and are assigned by their commander to do so. Amen? We've been assigned, and we have the authority, we have the power and the weapons to conquer and not live in fear. Amen? Number two, meditate, and really I'll add, and experience God's perfect love. Desire to experience God's perfect love. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love. Look at 1 John 4.18 now. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. See, again, and I've said it, it's not just knowing. It's not with head knowledge. Just as we, our first part of our vision to know God is not knowing God this way. It's experiencing God's love. We, you, have, you have to realize and experience God's love in your life. And that's why, you know, again, we don't, we, we, it's not all about emotion. Because, listen, we try to do our best to be balanced. Because, you know, there, there's some ministries believe it's all about the word, word, word. Don't, you don't have to worry about your feelings and all of that. You just need to get the word of God and that's it. Other churches is all about the experience. Goosebumps, tears, shouting, jumping, all that. And we're all about both. You got to have the, 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 the word of God. You got to have sound theology. But you have to experience God as well. I have a, a friend of mine that's in ministry. And we had this conversation. We always have great conversations. And we were talking about certain worship songs. And he's a worship leader. And he said, Brandon, I just wonder if we put too much emphasis on experience sometimes and not enough emphasis on just the truth of the word of God. And I said, yeah, I hear you. It may, some, some places we may be out of balance. He said, I just start wondering that as a, as a worship leader. Like, I wonder sometimes we always talk about, man, the presence of God. Can you feel the presence of God? I said, yeah, you know, it could be out of whack. But I did say this. I said, I understand after all the, the, the time I've been in ministry, there's so many people that have been brought up, and you may be in here tonight, you may be watching online, where you were never told you can experience God or his love. You maybe have been taught that God is a far off God somewhere in the cosmos, and you can pray to him and you can do all these good things for him, but he's far off and, you know, he don't have time for you. He's probably angry at you most of the time. If you've been taught that way or if you told yourself that way, you need to understand that you can experience God's love. And when I told my friend that, he said, man, I've never thought about it that way before. But we've experienced, and you can ask Pastor Dixie or other stuff, we've experienced a lot of people that have come in here and said, man, I've never felt what I felt in here today when we, when we started singing. I don't know why. And I don't know about you. When I first got saved, I remember the first time I was driving with my mom. We were going on vacation and we listened to a CD of worship. And I started crying and tears started coming out of my eyes. And I was kind of embarrassed. And I was like, because I'm crying and I don't know why I'm crying. I'm like, I'm not sad, but I'm crying. Like, this feels good, but why am I crying? Like, I really was trying to, like, process this. Like, this is so weird, right? So finally, when I built up the nerve, I looked at my mom and said, 
mom, I'm crying, but I'm not sad. I don't know why. We had been worshiping, and she just had the biggest, proudest smile on her face. She said, baby, it's the presence of God you're experiencing. And I didn't really, I didn't understand it at the time. I knew it felt good. I knew, but that's, I had never experienced that. One, it was, I was so grateful to be forgiven. Amen. So this goes back to the truth, to sound doctrine, theology. I knew I had been forgiven. I could sense that when I repented of my sins, I turned away and came to Christ, that I was forgiven. That I knew my sins were washed away. And there was this, just an overwhelming feeling of grace, of forgiveness. And I can't express it, explain it more than I knew once she told me what, what the reason I was crying, tears of joy, because it was the presence of God. Amen. So we do need to experience God's perfect love. Let me give you another example. There's this man of God that was a pastor for many years, wrote many books, was, was teaching and preaching, was, I think, the dean of a, a theological uh, um, seminary. Um, and, and, but he was burning the candle at both ends, and he ended up having this serious nervous breakdown. Just, he, he said he was having up to 15 anxiety attacks, listen to this, a day. A day. He realized it after. Like he, it ended up landing him in a mental hospital for, for about a month. And, but before he got that bad, he was starting to tell some of his colleagues the, the level of anxiety that he was feeling. He was worried and he was fearful. And one of his colleagues looked at him and said, well, brother, don't you know that God's perfect love casts out all fear? And of course, I mean, this guy's like, you know, I mean, the dean of a seminary. So of course he knows that. And he even said, I was thinking, don't you know I want to gouge your eyes out right now? You know, it's like, that didn't help me. He said, yeah, of course I know that. But what he, he was teaching was that it's not knowing it. You see, in the moment, he said, I knew it. I taught it for many years. I was a pastor. I taught in a seminary. I wrote books on theology. I wasn't experiencing God's perfect love. So my life was overflowing with anxiety that led him into a mental institute that finally God took him on this huge journey where now he, he does intense ministry for people with traumas and hurts and wounds and all kinds of things like that. So we need to experience God's love. How do we experience his perfect love? Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Again, God's perfect love is poured out in our lives through the Holy Spirit and his abiding presence. You got to understand this church and you at home and anybody else. Again, because I know different people have been brought up different ways. Everything that God is doing here on the earth, he does by his spirit. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father and the Son is in heaven, right? We know that from the scripture. God is on his throne and Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? So everything that God does on the earth is through the Holy Spirit. So the scripture makes it clear. He pours out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. It goes back to what I was just praying. We know technically when we say, Lord, come and be here with us. Well, he's with us. He's already inside of us. We know that, right? He, he is already here. The Holy Spirit, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit is that it can be everywhere all the time. So the Lord pours out and shows us and experiences, uh, we can experience his love through the Holy Spirit and his abiding presence. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. And he says that when he goes in his sins, he says that, you know, I am sending the helper who will be with you and teach you all things. You may be feeling hopeless against your struggle with fear, but the word says that because of the love of God, you can be hopeful tonight. Amen. You in here, you at home, anybody has been dealing with fear, listen to me, dealing with worry. It says in, in Romans 5, hope does not disappoint. Listen, you can be hopeful tonight. You say, well, Brandon, I've been dealing with fear and worry, anxiety for years. Well, tonight I hope you get hope. I want to fill you with hope, right? My, my hope for you tonight is you have hope. Hope does not disappoint. 
Another way uh, is, is, is by abiding in the presence of God, but of course it's also by meditating on Scripture. See, here again, that's the balance. It's not one or the other. It's both. Like the one we just read, Zephaniah 3.9. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. Isn't it nice? Just even that right there. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Do you know that the Lord rejoices over you? He sings over us. He rejoices over us with songs. Man, it just, he overshadows us. Man, it's just, he takes the light in you and me with gladness. When you begin to fear, you meditate on a scripture like that. And, and again, actually the word meditate in the Hebrew means to murmur, which means to speak it out. So meditation is not only dwelling on it and, and thinking about it. You, you begin to speak those things. Lord, I thank you that you're a mighty warrior. Lord, I thank you that you take delight in me. You use a scripture like this. That's meditating on it. You're, you're praying it. You're saying it back to the Lord. With, with, with your love, thank you, Lord. Right now, I may be fearful, but you're calming my fears, Lord. Thank you that you rejoice over me with songs. I just had this thought. You ever stopped and thought, I wonder what songs the Lord is singing over me. That's a thought to think, right? To meditate on. You begin to think like that, your fears begin to, well, to melt away. Amen? Also, look at Psalm 139, 17, 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And I love this. This is the part I like locking on in this verse when I'm meditating on it. And when I wake up, you are still there. I had this thought, like this person we ministered to recently, you know, that, that had, had, was dealing with fear and felt attacked. And of course, you know, when, when you, you get fearful at night, if you ever had any kind of that happen at night, it takes a long time to go to bed and you fall asleep. I just love this picture of the Lord rejoicing over us, watching over us. And when we finally fall asleep calmly and peacefully, it's almost that picture. And when he wake, when we wake up, he's still there. Amen. It's not like a parent. Again, if you're a parent, you know, you're a parent when your kid's scared at night, you go and you tuck them in and you pray over them, you sing over them and all of that. But once they fall, if they fall asleep, you go to bed too, right? You're like, who praise the Lord? Now I'm going to bed, right? I'm tired, right? But isn't it awesome to know that the Lord, he doesn't do that. He's with us throughout the night and when we wake up, he's still there. Amen. See, that's the kind of things, if you're dealing with fear, you need to meditate on these kind of things. Remember, Fabian said, if you're overwhelmed with love, you shouldn't be familiar with fear. So remember, with his love, he calms all fear. And the third and final thing, we first, again, have to tap into his power, meditate, and, and, and pray to experience his love. Not just a head knowledge, experience it, but then discipline your thoughts. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the power of love, and then this is the key here, a sound mind. The phrase sound mind in the Greek word is a combination. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's a combination of the word safe and the mind. Or in other words, the, what the Hebrew was trying to say here was, or the Greek, I'm sorry, was safe thinking. The word denotes good judgment, disciplined thought patterns, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. You see that? So in other words, when he said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And let me stop. These are not three things we got to search for. He said, I've given you these things. So again, they're already in there, saints. That's another thing. We, we have it to tap in. So we have these three things abiding in us. And we're allowing fear to crowd those three things out. 
And it needs to be the opposite. So disciplined mind, disciplined thoughts is what that word means. This is where we usually use the battle with fear. A lot of you probably have been in the presence of God. You get in the presence of God. You maybe get in the word and you experience, you read about God's love, you experience his love and all of that. It's, it's the battle of the mind. That's typically where we lose the battle with fear. It's in our mind. Would you agree? It's in our mind. It's the next news report. It's the next report of, of, of you know, um, a medical report or waiting on a, a test result, right? Right now, a lot of people are waiting on, on test results to see if they got COVID. You know, it's that waiting. Is that what if it is? What if, man, what is? They found a lump. They found a, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. It's, it's that. What's going to happen? When is this thing going to all end? Like, like Felicia again was saying, the disillusion. All of these thoughts begin to roll around, and the enemy has a field day with our thoughts. He has a field day with it. So the Bible says he has already given us a sound mind. So what do we do? He we have to discipline. We have to have disciplined thought patterns to overcome fear. Let me say that again. You must develop disciplined thought patterns to overcome fear. That's why 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We must capture every fearful thought that comes through our mind and get rid of them. You cannot let them fester and grow in your mind. You must be disciplined in your thinking. Ephesians 4.27 says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity for him. See, a foothold, of course, is, is like a when, some, when there's a crack in the door. I've talked about this before. When there's a crack in the door and somebody puts their foot in it. If somebody puts a foot in the crack of the door, you try to close that door, you can't, right? Because they put their foot in it, correct? That's what the Bible, that's a picture what the Bible is saying. When you dwell on fearful thoughts, you're leaving the crack in the door. The enemy gets a foothold into your life and he feeds it with fear. So we have to be disciplined. Don't entertain any thoughts of fear at all. This will put a, a, a crack in the door of your life. And let me say this. Don't even entertain fearful thoughts. Cut off the source of fearful thoughts. Especially in this day and age with media at the click of a button right now, cut off this, the source of fearful thoughts. If every time you watch the news you get scared, stop watching the news. I know this is not gene splicing right here, right? Whatever it is, like I'm telling you, last night, just last night, my brother Luke over here will appreciate this. It was almost 10 o'clock. I'm watching the news. I, want, I mean, it's almost 10 o'clock. I usually watch the news. I don't feel like watching news. I'm flipping through. They're playing the LSU-Texas game. They're replaying it last night. I'm like, I'm going to watch the game because I know how this story ends, kind of like the Bible. I know how this story ends. We win this game and all the other 13 games and win the national championship. So I'm watching the LSU. I'm just like, I'm going to bed on a good note tonight, like go Tigers. Okay, so I'm watching the game. But what happens? Commercial comes on. And if you like me, I don't like watching commercials. So what do I do? I flip it on the local news. Three minutes, two different reports. I'm already riled up. I ain't scared. I'm, I'm more like mad, you know, more frustrated and just like, really? So I'm like, back to the Tigers game. Okay, let me just focus on that. After the third and 17 touchdown, I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to bed now, right? That's just, the, you know, that's how I redirected my thoughts last night. But, but I'm telling you, even for me last night, it wasn't fear. You must cut off the source of fear. If it's Instagram, Facebook, social media, the news, your neighbor, your coworker, ah, I don't want to hear it no more, man. Just stop, right? Or one man or whoever it is. 
It could be the enemy itself, but to this day and age, there's so many sources that are coming in or giving us information that can help us to be fearful. I remembered years ago, my, me and my brother-in-law, we were, um, uh, we would, we, every, a couple times a year, we'd go duck hunting in the Chafalaya Basin. And one day, one morning, early one morning, still dark, we're leaving in this little flat bottom boat and we're going out into the basin to go duck hunting. And, and it's like a 45 minute boat ride. Into, down into the basin, through all the trees and whatnot. And he was looking, he marks it on his phone. He, you know, he'll go scout out a spot, they marked it on his phone. He follows his phone to get to the, our spot to go hunting. And I don't know, he was trying to look to turn or something. And he stopped and he said, I mean, you know how crazy this really is, is what we're doing, you know? Like we're going out in the basin in pitch black. Like so many things could go wrong this morning. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking about that till you said that. But now I'm thinking about it. You know, like, I'm thinking about how many, it's freezing cold. If we hit a stump, if this boat sinks or whatever. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong right now. So I stopped thinking about the hunt. Just started thinking about all the things that can go wrong. See, once you get rid of those fearful thoughts, you must replace them with something. And I'm going to go back to that. Look at Philippians. You hear me say this all the time. Now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Amen? So back to the basin now. And I'm like, I have all these thoughts of how things can go wrong. And one day we did hit a stump and I thought I was going into the water. And thank God we didn't. But then I started thinking, no, man, I, I ain't going to worry about what can go wrong. I'm going to focus on why we're out here. We're about to go make a hunt. I'm hoping that we can harvest some ducks, you know. And I redirected my thoughts on back while we were out there in the first place. Amen. And thank God I'm here. I'm dry. I'm alive. And we had a good time, right? And so it's very easy. Just that one thing. He, I mean, he didn't mean to do it. He just was like, he just stopped and thought, this is pretty crazy what we're doing out here, you know. And so it's like, you know, so you got you to gotta cut off the source of fear. But you also got to discipline your thinking. The Holy Spirit will help you do this. This is the beauty of everything we, when we teach, preach, what you read in the Word. You don't have to do it on your own, church. Saints, you at home, don't try to like, I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be scared. That doesn't work. Tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, remember, sound mind is self-control, right? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 2, 20, and, and 23, the Holy Spirit produces this, produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We started with the Holy Spirit tapping into his power, experiencing the Holy Spirit's love or God's love through the Holy Spirit. And now you, don't, you can discipline your mind. We have to make a decision. Yes, we have to put forth the effort, but the Holy Spirit helps us. I pray this every morning. I prayed it this morning. I pray a few different things, and one of them is, Lord, increase the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit in my life. I pray that almost every morning. Lord, increase the fruit. Because if you talk to my wife, she can tell you I need some more patience and probably some more kindness and gentleness and stuff like that. Amen? So she probably prays that for me every morning too, right? But, but self-control is a big one. We think of self-control as like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Self-control, controlling your mind, but it's a fruit of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to help you. In closing, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear. Not some fear, not a little fear. What does the Bible say, church? Let's end it here. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. God, that is the only perfect love on this universe is God's 100% agape, unfailing, unconditional, perfect love. And we experience God's love. When we tap into God's power, experience his love, and discipline our thoughts, we can truly be free from fear. Amen? You might be bound up with fear tonight, first and foremost, because you've never accepted 
God's perfect love through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know the Bible in a nutshell, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That's that agape perfect love that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Why don't you go ahead and bow your heads with me? Even if you're at home, if you, you, you're watching online, just do me a favor. Just bow your head right where you are and say, you know what, Brandon? I, I've never experienced God's love in this way because I've never accepted. you got to start there. Maybe you've never accepted Christ into your, into your life. You've never asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says we all sin and fall short of God's glorious standard. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The Lord sent his son. He loves you. He loves every one of us. He loves all of his creation. He created everybody, sent his son to die for everybody on this planet. But we must come to him. As I said Sunday, the Bible makes it clear we must repent. We must turn away. You must, the only way to the Father, and that perfect love is through Christ. If you say, Brandon, I'm not even sure that I'm right with the Lord, that I've been forgiven, that I've experienced his love, but I want to. If that's you, if you're in here tonight, if you're at home, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say something like this. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I ask you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I know, Lord, uh, that, I, that I need to experience your perfect love. I want to experience it tonight for the first time. I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace, strength, power, and perseverance to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's the beginning. That's where you start. If you did that first time in here or at home, fill out the Connect card online. Fill out the card that says, I made a decision. You must start there. Once you get saved, you must also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus makes it clear. He said, if, if, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, the Lord, he will. Now, listen, when you get saved, you know, you do. The, the Lord comes, comes up upon you. There's, there is, there, he, he does come and live, live in you. But the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a separate uh, experience. Ask the Lord. Lord, fill me. We should be asking the Lord every day. Why don't you do me a favor and stand up? When we go through these last three and as we pray, stand up with me. Even if you are, the Bible says don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word means to be continuously filled. I want you to just lift your hands right now, wherever you at, if you feel comfortable, even at home, and just say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Just ask Him right now. Say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. And any one of the gifts that you want to give me that comes with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would fill me and flood me. Lord, I pray with your Spirit. Help me, Lord. Fill me with your power. Come on, ask Him right now. Even you at home, lift your hands and say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with the power, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that I would experience your perfect love that casts out all fear. I want to be filled with your power. And experience your love like never before in Jesus' name. Now, maybe you're dealing with fear right now, and I want to pray for you in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray again, anybody that's in this building or at home watching that is dealing with fear, I pray in Jesus' name that fear's power would be broken off of their life, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, they would be totally set free from fear tonight, that they would, Lord God, tap into your power, experience in your love, and that, Lord God, that they would have a sound and disciplined mind. Now, let's end it with that. Just ask the Lord, Lord, I pray, help me to discipline my thoughts. Lord, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Lord, give me self-control. Come on, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. I need that as well. Lord, give me self-control when fearful thoughts try to enter my mind. 
when bad news tries to come across my TV screen or my phone or my iPad or from a coworker or neighbor, even my spouse. Lord, in Jesus' name, help us. Lord, something that I heard, something I read, something that I dreamed. Sometimes you have a dream and you wake up the next morning and you think about it. The enemy's trying to plant thoughts of fear. Come on, ask the Lord. Lord, give us disciplined mind that we can be disciplined in our thinking. Lord God, that we can take authority because we have authority. You've given us all authority over the power of the enemy and that includes Lord, all fear. I pray you set your people free from fear and that we would stay free, Lord, not only in this season, but in the days to come that we would be victorious and glorify you. I thank you, Father, for everyone here tonight, everyone tuned in online. Bless them as they go, Lord God. May they live in new levels of freedom as we move forward, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening. If you need some specific prayer you want us to, to join with you, you can let us know after. At home, God bless you. Hey, hope to see you Sunday. Come out and celebrate with us 40 years. God bless. Yeah.